Hello and welcome back to the season one finale of the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark and today we're going to be going in depth into your router and going through what all those settings mean and how they can be set to keep you safe. Now we'll be going through the two routers that we went over physically in episode 106. So this will be a continuation of that episode. Don't forget to check out the webpage at downsouthit.wordpress.com. You can listen to all of those back episodes on the embedded player, as well as all of the links to the show pages in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can check out the blog there. I'll post some pretty good articles on there, you know, just to kind of remind you what's going on out there in the tech world, some stuff that'll keep you and your family safe, and how to discard your uh, your old tech items, you know, just some, some good, uh, good helpful information on there. Uh, you can also check out the show page on Facebook. Uh, just search at Down South IT. Like and follow the page if you haven't already, just to let me know you stopped by. Or you can also go old school and drop me an email at downsouthit at gmail.com. Uh, you can let me know if you have any show ideas or comments or questions, anything like that that you want to know. I'll respond back to it. Uh, since this is the season finale, uh, the show may be a little bit longer than normal just to kind of tide you over until season two premieres. Uh, that'll actually happen on January 8th after the holidays. So I'm just kind of taking a couple of weeks off for the, the holiday season just because everything gets a little crazy. So I'm going to go ahead and just kind of schedule everything to start up at the beginning of January on January 8th. So, but I'll, I'm really excited for the holidays, but I tell you what, I'm really excited for season two, too. Uh, so I never really thought that I'd actually make it through a full season to when I first started this. But being that I kind of have a, a nice little routine going now, it's probably a lot easier. So season two will be a little bit more involved and may have a little more pomp and circumstance to it. But we go, we'll, go, we'll play it by ear and see how it goes. So, so let's just go ahead and jump in, shall we? Well... The two routers that we talked about in episode 106 were the Linksys E2500 and the TP-Link Archer C7. Both of them were pretty much on the opposite ends of the design spectrum. They were only made a couple of years apart, but they were vastly different in their design. So basically this time what we're going to be doing is going through the settings of each router uh, one at a time, explaining what they mean, what they do. Uh, not all routers will have the same settings. Uh, these two have a lot of the same ones, but they're just kind of in different areas. Some routers have some features that others don't have. It just kind of depends on which manufacturer you choose because each manufacturer has their own standard of options that they include with their router software. Uh, the newer models may have even more options than the ones I'm going to give you today, and that actually just gives you more control over the information going through your router. Uh, but the ones that we're going over today are actually a really good mix of what's out there today. So I think that'll probably give you a really good idea of what's out there and you know what's actually available right now that you could just go out in the store and buy. So starting off, when you sign into your router, which is pretty easy as far as most modern routers, you open up a browser like your Chrome or your Firefox and where you normally type in a website, you type in your router's IP address. And there are usually two main ones that are used by probably between 95 and 99% of the manufacturers out there. And there are the, the two IP addresses are 192.168.1.1 and 192.168.1.254. Both of these use the same three first sets of numbers they call them octets and the last set is either at the beginning or the end of the possible IPs in that IP octet set so both of those addresses are at either the beginning or the very end of this, those sets of IP addresses so an IP address each set of numbers can only go from either 0 to 255 and 0 and 255 aren't used because they have their own functions. 0 is going to be your network identifier, and that's mostly used on the back end. And 255 is the broadcast address. Say you have a new, new device or something like that, it broadcasts to .255 at the very end. That way it broadcasts that it's on the network to every device that's within that IP set. So those those two numbers aren't used 
at all whenever you're doing IP addresses or anything like that. So the first numbers that they can use for those uh, router IP addresses is going to be 1 and 254, the first and last usable numbers in that set. So once you log in, you put your username and password in. Uh, on the link sys that we're going to start with, you start off, you're greeted with a blue and white web page with main tabs up at the top. And there are sub tabs underneath that each have their own, you know, web page of settings that you can change. Uh, all of the settings are labeled on the left-hand side. And the actual settings and buttons and stuff that you can change are actually in the middle, kind of like a regular web page. Uh, you start off in the basic settings page and you can change the connection type for the router, which in almost every case, you're going to leave this as DHCP and that way your router can issue the IP addresses to all of your devices. The first underneath that is going to actually be your router address and that's where you can change the router's IP address and like I said before it was either the 192.168.1.1 or .254 addresses. Most of the time you really don't have to change those uh, base addresses. If you want to you can it's, I mean, it's not too big of a deal if you really do, but just to keep it as default to make it easier to remember is not a big deal to, uh, to keep them the same either. And really the only time you'd really have to change those IP addresses is if you have multiple routers on your network, which most people in their houses only have one router, so you really won't have to deal with that. Very, very few you know, network configurations require multiple routers, and unless there's really a really crazy reason that you have to have two, then you just, then you don't, uh, then you would change it. But for the most part, you leave it the same. Everything, everything's cool, no big deal. Now, underneath that setting, you have the DHCP reservation, and this is what you'd want to use if you have your, if you want your phone or your computer, your desktop, your tablet, uh, any smart home devices, anything like that. If you want those to have the same IP address all the time, and when you do it, it's called setting a static IP address since it never changes. The, the IP address is static; it doesn't change. Uh, in this, uh, I, in my network at my house, I do have a few computers and stuff at, that I keep on static addresses since I have a little bit crazy uh, set up over here, you know, my movie server and a few other things. But I, I, most of my desktops and printers, I have a couple of uh, security cameras outside, things like that. All of those I have set for having static IP addresses. That way I know what IP address goes to what device and being that they're networked and I have things linked in different ways and that kind of thing that's why I go that's why I did that anything mobile on my network uh, phones tablets laptops anything like that is just it doesn't matter I don't, I don't have it anything like that but if it's hardwired and especially if it has to do with, you know, my desktops or my cameras, anything like that, I have static IP addresses just because it's easier to me and it's easier because of the software that I use for my cameras, especially to always use the same IP address. So just for that, just to make things easier on me, that's why I went ahead and did that. Now, the next section underneath that is going to be your start IP address. Whenever you set your router to do DHCP, it's going to hand out the IP addresses that it has in its pool. I think we discussed that on one of the previous episodes. And this is the number that you can set the router to start handing out. So if you start it, you know, you can have it, uh, your router start at dot uh, two, which is the next, you know, IP address after the router. You can have it start at dot 50 at dot 100, you know. Either way, however you, however you want to set it up is fine. You can uh, set how many addresses you want to use. So say you start it at .100 and you want to do 50 total addresses. All of those addresses, uh, you'll have IP addresses that range will from .100 all the way to .149. That's the only block of addresses that you can use. 
Now, as the lease times and everything go through, which is the, the setting underneath that, is your client lease time. We talked about that pretty much at length at the, in the last episode, too, is not having too long of a client lease time. But that's how long each IP address will be given to a device before it gets put back in the pool to be given out again. You start IP address and your end IP address and your number of clients that you can have total will go up, you know, depend on how you set that up. If you only want 50 total, if you can, you know, you want to do 100 total, it really, you know, it's up to you. You got the power, you can do all of this. Now, underneath that is going to be your static DNS addresses. So this, you can specify where you want your router to look for your DNS servers. That's your domain name servers. We talked about that previously also. Um, with these, you can leave it blank. They'll use uh, whichever, they'll pull the DNS servers from your ISP if you, you don't happen to know any. But a couple that I usually use are Google's and Yahoo's uh, DNS servers. Uh, Google's one is just all eights. So it's 8.8.8.8, four eights. Yahoo's is a little bit different and theirs is 4.2.2.1. So I use those and mainly I use those because those two DNS ones are from, you know, search engines. So you know the DNS servers are always gonna be online. They're always gonna be fast. And being that they deal with search and everything like that all the time, they're going to be complete so it doesn't matter what url you put in that that browser nine times out of ten it's going to have it's going to know the site that you're talking about so just being there that they're so complete they're always online everything like that that's usually a good a couple of good ones that i to use i usually use those just as a backup the last item on that first page is going to be your time zone setting so you can change it to your time zone and your reboot button which is kind of self-explanatory just reboots the router so under the setup tab uh, which is next there's going to be settings for your vlan which is your virtual network uh, it'll actually sub you can use vlan tags to subdivide your network and each virtual network is separate and apart from another you know vlan network so if you have stuff on vlan 1 and vlan 2 Devices you have on each VLAN can't talk to each other because they're on different networks. Now you can do bridges and stuff like that to get across VLANs and you can open up ports and stuff like that. But for the most part, you really won't have to worry about uh, any anything with VLANs. Most people don't use them in their homes. It's not really something that you really need to do. Um, if you did have, if you were using your router for like a business or something like that, that might be something you want to look into. You know, you having your uh, office PCs and stuff on one VLAN, your cash registers on another one. That way you can set up different security protocols for each one. But for just for using one in your house, you're really not gonna need it. So just kind of keep that in mind. If, if you're actually, if you do use it for a business, that might be something you want, might wanna look into a little further. Next up is gonna be settings for IP version six, which it's not it's a nice option to have but not all isps and websites and stuff like that are really using ipv6 yet we're still on ipv4 which is the regular ip addresses that everybody knows uh, ipv6 uses a much longer address and instead of using like number dot number dot number it uses two letters or two numbers and colon then two letters two numbers and it goes out i'm not sure exactly how long they are because you can do shortcuts and stuff like that with them but they are a lot longer than just four octets so it's nice to have that support for when isps and stuff like that start using ipv6 you know later on but it's not very widespread so once they start using it you can kick that on and your router will still work so, but there, it won't happen for a little while yet. You know, let's say it's very, it's not very widespread at all yet. It is kind of on the horizon. So it is something nice that they included just in, you know, just to kind of future proof that device. Next up is going to be your advanced settings. Uh, first one is, it's called NAT. It's uh, N-A-T, Network Address Translation. 
and basically this one it's you want to keep that on if your local network and the internet are connected so if you have internet on one side of your router and your network on the other side you want to keep that that on that way your home network can talk to the internet if you turn it off then you have to set up what they call dynamic routing or rip i don't I'm not sure exactly why they call it rip but i will we'll, i'll have to look that up and let you know on the uh, next episode but uh when rip is enabled that basically let if you have multiple routers that lets the routers share information so you would only have so your 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 routers would be able to share their routing table and mac tables and different things like that you know so that your network can run more efficiently so underneath that there's the show routing table button and this will actually bring up the routing table to let you see what the router has in memory and how all of the paths are routed so you can see you know for what ip address how the router will actually route the data from the internet coming in all the way through itself and then out to the device you know that you have connected to it so this one isn't something that you can actually change you can clear out the the routing table and the router will rebuild it on its own but for if you just want to see what it looks like and kind of you can kind of see how how to follow the information it's kind of cool to see and you can see how you know how the data routes to each device that's connected to the router so it's, it's kind of fun to see uh, I'm, I'm kind of geeky that way so I, I think that is kind of interesting but you know at least the information's there if you want it so the next main tab is going to be your wireless and again you start off in your baiting your basic settings uh, starts off in the 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi uh, and the first will be your network mode that's where you can change the wireless mode from a wireless N to a wireless G or uh, wireless uh, AC or you know whichever network mode that has to do with the letter designations that we discussed last time or you can do mixed which does G and N at the same time at least on this router the other some of the other routers you can the, the AC routers and stuff like that you can do AC N and G all at once so it'll, it'll mix all three but this one being as just a wireless N router, you can do N and G separately or together. So, and for, for the best speed and reliability, of course, you just want to do mixed. That way you can catch everything. There's no, if you, if you have to, you can do one or the other. There's nothing stopping you from doing either one, but you know, doing mixed will get you the, be, the, the best bang for your buck. Underneath that is going to be your network SSID, which that's the name of the wireless network. So when you sign into the Wi-Fi for the first time or you're searching for, you know, Wi-Fi networks and stuff like that, the name that pops up on your phone or your tablet, that's the SSID. Now you can, this one, you can change the net, the, the network name. So you can change the, the Wi-Fi name to whatever you want. Next up is going to be underneath that is the channel width which you can set it for 20 megahertz or 40 megahertz uh, either one of these will work but just remember to higher the number the narrower the width of the, of the channel so the narrower width of the channel will travel less far than the wider band so just kind of keep that in mind whenever you're looking at that uh, some of these will actually do you can do dual you can do 20 and 40 megahertz for the, for the, the channel width so just kind of keep keep an eye on that but uh for the most part if you want to use the the stronger of the two which would be 20 megahertz uh underneath that setting is going to be the actual channel that's used which each channel the 5 gigahertz channels and the 2.4 gigahertz channels are going to be a little bit different uh each 2.4 gigahertz the gives a certain channel bandwidth so it'll be on its own frequency it's still within that 2.4 gigahertz spectrum but it's just on its own radio frequency the 5 gigahertz is a little bit different because it uses it does its own frequencies too but they name them different the 5 gigahertz ones are going to be like channel 146 153 you know that kind of the it's three digit numbers the ones for the 2.4 gigahertz wi-fi they actually will a lot of those will tell you the exact the exact one so it'd be like 1183.6 or 
or 1183.4 you know it'll it'll kind of give you a little bit a little bit more control as far as what you can set it on but in this case you really want to keep these on all the both of the settings for both of them on auto if the router senses there's too much interference or traffic on a certain channel it'll automatically switch it to one that that has less so it just say your neighbor has their router on and their routers on channel six if yours jumps on channel six and there's too much interference then it'll jump to channel one or go to channel 10 or whatever you know whichever channel has the least amount of interference on it it'll automatically change that that way nothing on your network will get bogged down or anything like that or you won't have any uh interference issues with your wi-fi so underneath that there's the setting to broadcast the ssid so basically this this will just tell the router to either turn uh broadcast that wi-fi name or turn it off now if you're on a laptop or a desktop you can set up the computers to connect to that network even if that network name isn't broadcasting but th with this you can actually turn it off uh, especially if you don't use that uh, very much if you only want to use the the 2.4 gigahertz wi-fi not even deal with the 5 gigahertz you can just turn the, the, the network id off uh, turn the broadcast off and then that way nobody even knows that it's there so you can just use the the one network and use it like you normally do uh, underneath that is going to be your next tab and that's going to be wireless security that's where you put in your passwords for both of your 5 and your 2.4 gigahertz wireless uh, wi-fi uh, networks and also here you can change the type of security that you have for your Wi-Fi to authenticate passwords and encrypt your data and, and stuff like that. Uh, the three most common are going to be the WPA, WPA2, and WEP. Uh, WPA stands for Wi-Fi Protected Access. Just like WPA2 is just a more up-to-date version of the WPA standard. Uh, WEP is actually an older protocol and it's called wired equivalency protocol so it's a it's the oldest and it's actually the least secure um if you can help it please don't use wep because they've known how to crack the encryption on wep for a, a long time um that's why we're up to wpa2 now uh so just make sure that one's the the one that you pick if you have any they i know i'll I think it's been, they have a couple of hackers that have been able to crack WPA2, but they're working on the replacement for WPA2, but still as of right now, WPA2 is still going to be your most secure, you know, uh, encryption that you can do for your Wi-Fi at the moment. Your next tab is going to be for your guest access, and this is where you set up for your guest Wi-Fi. On this router particular, the guest network actually takes the name of whatever network you had for the 2.4 gigahertz uh, Wi-Fi and just adds dash guest to the end of it. So you know it's the guest network. So this one, the only, the guest network strictly runs on 2.4 gigahertz on that, that band of Wi-Fi. Now underneath that setting, there's actually the allow guest access setting and this is important because if you allow access anybody that's on your guest network will have access to the devices on your regular network if you turn it off then that access that net guest network can still access the internet it still works the same but it just cuts off the connection to your internal network so if you if you can have it and unless you really 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 have a good reason to have your guest network access your regular network i wouldn't i'll always keep that uh keep those two separate and apart just for your safety and peace of mind if nothing else uh after that you can set up your guest network password uh you want it to be fairly easy just so you can it's easy for you to remember and if you tell your guests they can remember it the first time you tell them and on this router you can actually pick how many guests you can allow at once on your network so you can pick you only want five at a time you only want 10 at a time you know you can you can pick however many you want so that way the guest network doesn't bog down your router 
and your last setting on this one again is going to be your SSID broadcast so you can choose to broadcast the guest network or not the final tab under wireless is going to be the wireless Mac filter now under this tab you can actually prevent certain devices from connecting to your network or you can stop all devices from connecting to your network if you really want to now this is really handy if you only want uh, to have your wireless devices connect once your devices connect you can permit just the devices that have already connected and then every other device that tries to connect after that will not be able to they'll be able to see the network they can they can even have the correct password but if you have that Mac filter on there it will not let let it connect until you put that Mac address in there or allow it to connect so as a security standpoint this is that's a really really good thing to do once you have all your normal devices on there you can set it that no new devices you know can connect unless you put the mac address in there it's, like i said for a security standpoint that's really really good um and actually talking about it now i probably ought to go ahead and do that on my my network <laughs> Because I don't have mine set up quite that way yet. But I think after discussing it, I think I'm probably going to go ahead and do that. Because I don't plan on having anything new added to my network in the, the near future. So I'll probably go ahead and set that up myself uh, here shortly. But anyway, going back. Going back to that. Okay, now, so say you do get a new phone or new computer or whatever. You have to add it to that MAC address list and then it'll connect. Okay, the next main tab is going to be the security tab. And here is where there's some of the firewalls for uh, the IPv4 and v6. Um, of course, the any firewalls that your, your router has, you want to try to keep on if you, if you uh, unless you absolutely have to. Underneath this one, there's actually they get they have some settings for some internet filters, and you can uh, the, cut, the two that are on by default on this router are actually to filter out anonymous requests and to filter out uh, port 113. And port 113 is important because that's the port that your computer, when you're browsing, uses to authenticate passwords and stuff. So you want to make sure that port is protected and nobody can see what's, you know, the traffic on that port. So you want to make sure that that one's protected. Uh, the other two settings are for to filter out multicast, which is a a signal is sent but to multiple devices, and mostly is for the purpose of identifying all of the devices on the network. So if you want to filter out that, that way, if somebody brought, if somebody happens to be on your network and they're trying to find out all of the devices on it, you can cut that traffic off right then and there, and they won't be able to see everything that's on the network. And the other one's for NAT redirection, which we kind of went over a little little bit earlier. And that's when your router shares its routing table with other routers on the network. So if you, like I said, with that one being, if NAT's on, you really don't need redirection. So you don't need to share the, the routing table with anything if, if, the, if it's on like it normally is. So that one you can really just leave, leave alone. Uh, the last thing under that, that tab is the web filters. So this one will actually let you filter out different things while you're browsing on the web. Uh, so like requests from proxy servers or if you want to block Java scripts or ActiveX scripts or tracking cookies or different things like that. You can, um, you can just select the filters on here and the router will filter those out before it even routes the rest of the information to your computer while you're browsing. So that'll help too, just you know, to kind of weed out some of the the bad things in the malware, because a lot of malware comes through from ActiveX scripts and Java. So if you want to kind of keep yourself a little bit safer, you know, you can do that. Now, granted, when you filter that out on the router side, if it's something that you do happen to need, then you're gonna have to go through and change the settings back, and it's it's kind of a hassle. But if you you're looking for safe browsing, then you kind of want to look into that. Now the next main tab is going to be your storage, and like I think I discussed on the previous episode, that's where you can enable the USB ports and set them up to have a hard drive plugged into the port directly, 
Uh, you can actually do printers too if you want to do that, just so everybody can print from the same place or you know share share a hard drive you know with the entire network without having to do all kind of crazy linking and stuff like that. So, but uh, yeah, they have the settings to where you can enable that port and you know a few other couple of little other settings that you know really don't need to be talked about because they're pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the next main tab is the access policy and that's where your parental controls are so you can restrict certain devices you can have certain times that the internet is able to be connected to so you can shut off the internet for those devices at a certain time say your kids tablet you know their bedtime's nine o'clock guess what set it up for nine o'clock internet shuts off they can't use it anymore until the next day so if you want uh, control over your kids screen time there you go that's where it's going to be you can actually also go go through on here and put in certain sites that you want to block so you can put in the specific websites and that way it'll filter it straight from the router you won't have to worry about any extra software or anything it'll automatically block it next up is the next main tab is apps and gaming now for this one this is where you can open up ports or forward ports to your like PlayStation or your Xbox or you know your Switch whatever game system you have your Xbox 360 and you open up these ports to be able to play online. Most most routers don't have the gaming ports set up to be open whenever you first set them up. So you have to open those ports that way you know your xbox or whatever gaming system it is can talk to xbox live or you know playstation live or whatever it happens to be to be able to play and do your games online and, and stuff like that so it just goes through there are a couple of sub tabs on there and they just deal with the different ways to open up the ports you can do single port on its own you can open up a range of ports there are a couple other settings but the other big main setting in here is going to be your QoS, uh, which is quality of service. And once your ports are opened and everything, you can set up your router to where it gives your Xbox, your PlayStation, whatever. It gives that device priority over everything else on the network. So whenever you're playing online, it won't get bogged down. Anything, Any traffic that goes to and from that device gets processed first everything else gets processed after so they those two those devices will get precedence and it won't those won't get bogged down so everything else may slow down while you're playing online but your playstation and stuff is going to play and they're going to play as fast and as smooth as they they can because they have precedence on the network uh our next main tab <clears throat> excuse me yeah let me grab a little sip of water here <sighs> much better uh, next main tab is your administration tab and this is this is some more router settings uh, first up you can set your password that you want to log into the router again this is really important you never want to leave this as the default password all of the default passwords for the manufacturers are on the internet so you never ever 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 want to leave this as a default password uh, you want to make it a really hard password to figure out use letters numbers special characters the more difficult, the better. The more random, the better. You know, whenever you're doing uh, your router passwords. Uh, of all of the passwords that I use, the password for my router is by far the most complex. So I always harp on people, you know, if they ask about passwords to make sure it's even, I mean, it doesn't have to be crazy long, but it just has to be very random and at least have all three types of characters in it and of course that's really the first thing you want to do when you set up your router you want to change the password that's that should be your very first thing that you do uh, the next setting is your local and your remote management access and this is where you can set it up to you know how uh, what devices can actually access your router from the local network or from uh, you know a remote station uh, this one you can give it the option to turn on or off wireless access, which is nice. Uh, if you turn off wireless access, that means you have to have a computer plugged into your router to be able to log into it. Uh, if you have it on, you can do it from any device that's connected to it. But the remote management access, unless you really, really have a good reason to do this, keep that off. 
because that's just that's an accident looking for a place to happen is all that is you know if if you need to change your your router or anything like that you don't have to do it remotely if you have if you're away and you absolutely have to do, change a setting on your router there are better ways to go about it you can do different remote access programs like TeamViewer or cloudberry or you know a few other ones you can do different ones like that just like you're sitting in front of it and then you can actually just use your home computer and do it do it that way that is actually probably more secure than doing it you know remotely in you know through the other the other way so unless like i say unless you have a really really good reason make sure that that's always off because there's no reason that your your router should have network ac you know, access from being remote um with that too also you can set up only certain ip addresses that can get into your router so that's actually a nice touch too. So you can you can only have you can set it up to only your tablet and your desktop are able to log into the router. Nobody no other device can. So that that's actually a nice touch too. Now under the next setting, which is actually uh, it's called UPnP, and what this does is this actually when you have this on. This goes back and pretty much makes the port forwarding and the app and the gaming access that we talked about earlier kind of it makes it pretty much you don't even have to worry about it because this actually had let your gaming system talk to the router and tell the router what ports it needs to have open to be able to work and it does it all automatically you don't even have to worry about opening up ports or anything like that you just plug it in whenever it connects to the internet when your your xbox or whatever connects it talks to the router it tells the router okay i need these ports open and these ports only the router opens them and everything works and it does it all automatically so that's kind of cool that way you don't even have to deal with it trying to open up some of those ports is kind of confusing even even for me it's a little bit on the confusing side but they they have it laid out in this one that's actually not bad so next up is your backup and your restore so once you have all your everything set up on your router just in case if you have to reset it back to factory you can save the configuration or you know that would be where you reload it if you did have to go back to uh you had to reset it so it's always good once you have it set up the way you like it you know make a backup of the configuration just so you have it it's not a uh, it's not an end-all be-all or anything like that but at least that way if something happens and you do have to reset your router you don't have to go back and set it up completely from scratch so it just saves you a little bit of time now the final main tab is going to be status and this is where you can just find all the information for the router uh, this is where the firmware and software versions are uh, if you change the router name earlier you can uh, you can see it on there the IP address that your router is getting from your from your ISP you can see the router's IP address, the DNS addresses that your router's using, whether you use the one your personal ones that you wanted to put in there, or if it's using the one strictly from your ISP. You can see which ones it's using, and then under here you can actually do a release and a renew. They have two buttons called release and renew, and what this does is you know every now and then you get an IP address that gets stuck uh, from your ISP, and the only really the only way to, to fix it is to go ahead and get a new IP address so what you do is you hit release and that releases your router from that IP address and sends that IP address you know back to the ISP when you hit renew it pulls a new IP address from your ISP so that way just in case you know something happens sometimes it very very few and far between but sometimes it does happen that the same IP address will go to two different people when that happens, neither one of them will be able to work. So when you release and renew, that gets you a new IP address, and usually everything should start working at that point. So it's it's a good good thing to have. It's all it, just in case. I mean, like I said, it doesn't happen very often, but just in in the case that it does happen, you actually have a way to fix it rather than calling AT&T or Cox or Charter or whoever your ISP is. So, but at least that gives you a way to fix it. And that's it. We've gone through the whole router. That was a lot, wasn't it? <laughs> Bet you didn't think there was going to be quite so much in there, did you? Well, that's okay. 
uh, I hope you did learn a little something on that one uh, because the next router we're going to go through, we'll do. I'll do it a little bit faster since a lot of the settings are going to be similar. So it's kind of just going to be a, a second run through uh, with this one. So I'll, you want to just go ahead and jump in? Okay, because here we go. So your next router is the TP-Link Archer C7. Like I said, this is the AC router. It's a little bit more advanced. Um, and it's a little bit more recent than the Linksys one. Uh, this one, I'll, like I say, a lot of the settings will be the same. Some will be different. And we'll go through a few of them. Uh, with this one, when you log in, it shows a green band across the top with the TP-Link name and the model number and stuff like that. It has uh, gray links on the side for each page, you know, for each of the, the setting pages. Um, and all of the, the actual settings and everything are going to be in the middle. And on the right, it actually opens up to where you can see it has their their help right there on the right hand side. So if you had there's as you move through it, each page you click will bring up that that page's help setting on the right hand side. So if you don't know what something is, you just scroll down on the right side and it gives you the definition for everything. So that's that's actually really handy to have when you start off uh, in the middle, uh, you start off on the status page. And it shows the, fir the firmware and hardware versions right there at the top. Uh, the LAN information, your local area network. So that's all of your, your normal stuff uh, from on your side. That's going to be your router's MAC address, uh, the router's IP address, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, underneath that is information for the 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi. And it'll tell you if the radio is on. Uh, it'll tell you... The network name, the SSID, it'll tell you the channel, uh, the Wi-Fi MAC address, um, the MAC address for the radio, um, and underneath that, underneath that is actually this, it'll give you all of that same information for the five gigahertz Wi-Fi also, since this one's a dual band router too. Now, if you go a little bit further, there's going to be the WAN or the wide area network information. Um, that's the the information you're getting from your ISP. So that's going to be the IP address you're getting from Charter or Cox or whoever and their gateway and, you know, that kind of stuff, their their DNS servers. And at the very bottom is going to be some traffic st statistics. So this this one will actually let you know how much data has been passed through the router, how much, you know, how long the router has been on. It'll show you the uptime, you know, stuff like that. So. This one just right off the bat kind of just gives you a nice, you know, clear and concise page of all the statistics that the, the router is, you know, currently using. So that actually will probably help, you know, just diagnose something right there if you need it. Now, if we start off, uh, first tab on the left is going to be network settings. And that's where you can see the IP address you're getting from your ISP again. You can release and renew just like we talked about from here. There's also the DNS information that your uh, router's using. Uh, under that is going to be the LAN information, the local uh, area network information that was just showed on the other page. Uh, but this is where you can actually change that IP address. So if you want to change the router's IP address, that's where you change it. Uh, the next setting is going to be for the 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi. And all of this is just going to be for just the just that just the 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi. It's not going to be for, for everything. But um, first off, you start with the name of the network so you can change the, the SSID. You can change the mode, the channel, just like the previous routers. Um, this one, the passwords are actually under a different tab. Um, so it's not going to be under that very first tab. It's kind of a, like a sub tab again uh, for the passwords for the, the Wi-Fi networks. And just like the other one, there is a Mac filter for the Wi-Fi, so you can filter out or you know tell certain devices to connect or not to connect. You know, just as the one before. And you can actually underneath that, there's actually stats that are just for the 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi band. So you can see just statistics on just that band of Wi-Fi, which is this getting kind of nitty-gritty and specific, but it is nice to have if you need it. Uh, just in case you have a neighbor or something that's on your Wi-Fi and you're not sure what they're logged into, you can kind of compare and contrast, you know, traffic on either 2.4 or 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi and see what's being used more than normal. That'll kind of give you an idea. 
Now, underneath that setting is going to be the settings for the 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi. And again, that's going to be basically, it's all of the same thing. It's just going to be for, just for the, the 5 gigahertz, but all of the settings, all of the stats, everything like that is going to be exactly the same. Uh, the next tab down underneath that is going to be your DHCP. Uh, this is where you can tell the router which IP addresses you want to use. So this this is where you can set up you know your start and your end IP addresses just like we did in the, the previous one. So this one has it too. It's just not in different place. But uh, under here there's also a client list button so you can see everything that's connected to the router. So you can see every device that's connected to it if you hit that client list button. Uh, next is going to be the forwarding tab. And just like this is just like the, the settings for apps and gaming that we talked about on the last router. This is where you open up your ports or you do your port forwarding or something like that for your online gaming. And um, here you can change your UPnP settings to let your game system tell the router what ports to open up automatic. So all of that's under the forwarding tab on this one. So again, a lot of the same features, just in a different place. Uh, after that, you have your security tab, and this is where your firewalls and your filters can be turned off and on. Uh, they got a few extra ones on this on, on this router. Uh, the first one is the SPI firewall, which is Stateful Packet Inspection. And that actually, that'll validate all of the traffic from your browsing sessions to confirm, you know, just to make sure that nothing iffy happened with uh, with it. While you're browsing something doesn't look right, it'll shut down that browsing session. It'll just kill it. That way, nothing can try to hijack that browsing session. That actually is, that helps a lot. You won't ever really see it a whole lot being used, but it's all, it's a really good thing to have in your back pocket just in case. Uh, the next couple settings are going to be for VPNs uh, that will either allow or deny uh, different VPN protocols that different programs use. Some use point-to-point um, -point tunneling protocol, protocol, some use TCP, some use UDP. It kind of depends which VPN you use or you know what type of protocol your VPN uses if you even use a VPN. I know that VPNs are becoming kind of kind of big deals right now so you can uh, a lot of people are starting to get them so but if you if you use a certain one and it uses a certain protocol you can actually turn off the other protocols uh, your next tab down is going to be your parental controls again this is where you can set up your uh, your rules and your filters for content and stuff like that uh, with this one is a little bit different because you can actually have certain devices be parent PCs and others be non-parent PCs so the router knows which content to filter to what device based on if it's a non-parental device or a parental device. So if you set up the parental controls to block out Facebook, you know, for your kids, if you don't want them on there yet, it'll block Facebook for their device, but you can still get it on, on it on yours. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a cool, uh, cool way to enforce that and, it's a little bit different, but that, it's nice to have that control, you know, if you, if you need it. So that's a that's a good feature to have. Uh, next up is going to be your advanced routing. Uh, this is where your static IP addresses can be set up again. Uh, again, like I said, that like I said before, this is going to be where you know you can set up a certain device to have the same IP address all the time, and it just keeps it. The, you know, it never that IP address never changes. Under that is going to be your bandwidth control. Uh, you can set up limits for all of the devices connected to that router or set up rules for certain devices. So this one you can actually have certain devices only connect at certain speeds to be able to you know free up bandwidth for everybody else. Now the next setting is your IPv6 settings. Again, this is where you can turn this on or off. Uh, it's not really being used yet, but like I said, whenever, when and if an ISP or your ISP decides they want to go ahead and start implementing IPv6, you can, your router will still work. So again, it's not being widely used right now, but it is a good feature to have. Uh, second to last on here is going to be the system tools. 
Um, that's where you have your time, your time zone settings and stuff like that. And the last tab on that on this router is actually just to log out. So it has its own separate logout button. So, whew, not too bad, huh? Like I said, I was trying to go, I went a little bit faster on that one than I did the first one. But a lot of these have the same features and settings and stuff like that. And But they just have them in different places. So each one has a few things the other didn't. And, you know, it doesn't really make e either router worse than the other. It just kind of... Depending on which one you get, you get a little more control here, a little more control there. Just kind of depends, you know, which uh, router you decide on. Uh, now, I know this was a lot of information. I did it in a really short amount of time, but it's not an end-all, be-all guide. I mean, my main goal for doing this was just to go over a lot of these settings and just kind of let you know what they are and how they work. Uh, that way, whenever you do log into your router at the house, you can see and you see these settings, you'll know what it means. And that, you know, that that'll just gives you that gives you the power to be able to set up your router to make it as safe for you and your family as you as you can. Now, like I said, I know this is on the quick side, but I just want to make sure that you guys are as informed as, as possible. Now, with that, we have come to the end of season one. So that's that's it. We're done. Season one is now complete. Thank you all for listening so so much i thank you guys uh i really do appreciate that you like what i'm doing enough to take time out of the day to listen to the podcast i really do really 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 do appreciate it um i'll be taking off for the holidays like i said before so i want to wish everybody a merry christmas and a happy new year uh hope everyone has a wonderful and safe holiday please be on the lookout at the beginning of january for the season two premiere uh, again it should come out on january 8th uh, let me double check. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, January 8th. I have to double check the calendar real quick. Uh, so please be on the lookout for that beginning of January season two premiere. Uh, we'll be updating the webpage and, um, updating everything on Facebook also. So just kind of keep an eye out for that and check both of those out. Uh, down South it is the webpage. Uh, and search at Down South IT on Facebook. You can find the show page there. Uh, you can find all the past episodes for the whole first season uh, on the embedded web player on the website, or you can even just find the links to uh, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So you can find the podcast on pretty much any of the, any of those uh, platforms, depending on which one you like the best. You can go ahead and find it. Uh, as I always do, like to do when I end the podcast, I like to paraphrase Albert Hubbard. Technology can replace the work of many ordinary people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you again for listening to the Down South IT Podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody. I'll see you back here in 2019 for the premiere of Season 2. Later. Later.